We are finally out of the winter we were basically in for, you know, good four months. Spring is upon us, as I can easily tell, because I've been hit with allergies today. So hopefully we can get through this podcast without me, you know, sniffling and sneezing all over the place. But with all that being said, this means it is time for another installment of your favorite quarterly podcast. It is episode five of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. I am your host, Jared, once again. And since it's the fifth episode and this is a quarterly podcast, that actually means this is the one-year anniversary of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. That's not the sound I wanted. There we go. Party favor noises. All right, enough of that. (laughs) So, yeah. One year ago, this whole shindig started and kind of crazy to think about. But thank you once again for joining me and some friends to talk about anime and anime and anime. So if this is your first time listening, here's exactly what the season anime checkup is all about. We go over the previous season of anime, which was winter season 2015. Yeah, that sounds about right. We will preview the spring season by basically just talking about all the other shows that are going to be showing in spring. We'll talk about some backlog stuff that people have watched maybe some movies here and there and yeah then we'll wrap up and basically see you when summer is about to start so once again thank you for listening here on you can be you're gonna be listening to this anywhere essentially you may be listening to this at soundcloud.com slash mark out dark out or wherever a soundcloud player is being shown and you click the play button on it you could be listening to it at youtube.com slash ragbag 3815 you could be listening to it at itunes if you search mark out dark out or you could be listening to it on the website at seasonalanimecheckup.com. There's a lot of places you could listen to this podcast. But that's that's going to do it for this little fancy intro bit. Let's talk about winter season 2015. It's a lot of shows. A lot of shows. And we're going to talk about a good a good fair amount, you know, for a for one of these podcasts. Let's see. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 shows. And then a couple stuff in the in the other segments, so it's a good amount. So as always, you're going to hear my opinions on shows I've watched. You're going to hear opinions from people I know, people I got from Tumblr who answered my little ad I put out there a butt ton of times. And yeah, you're just going to get a, a good smattering of opinions on various shows that aired during winter 2015. And to start that off, we're going to go to my dear friend, owner of astarbselect.com and also the co-host of Markout with Starkout with me on soundcloud.com slash markoutdarkout, Chris, and he's going to tell us about All Noah Zero Season 2 and Assassination Classroom. So let's move on over to that. All right, so we are here with Chris, and this is your third time on the Season Lame Checkup, I believe, right? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, you've been on every single episode since we kind of redid the format, so you're going to tell us about two shows in this little segment right here. First off, you're going to tell us about the second season of Zero. Yeah. So tell me about that. Okay, well, basically... Oh boy, it's a juicy one. It's a juicy one. So, humanity is divided into two groups, um, and this goes back to the first season, too. Basically, you have people from Earth... 
and people from Verse or Mars, whatever you want to call it. And they're kind of at this boiling point where the people from space want to take over Earth. Earth doesn't really want to, you know, fight anybody. I mean, we just got pulverized and destroyed by them at one point in time. So that's kind of like the beginning, foreshadowing everything to come. Like, bring it all the way up to where we are now. We have Slain, who you could look at as a bad guy, but it's crazy because, like, you're only seeing him as a bad guy if you're looking in the light of a person from Earth. But if you're looking at a person from, like, like his point of view or his people, he's not a bad guy. It's, so it's really weird how you can watch this from like an outside looking in thing if you, if you want to do that you can and it's like oh man he's actually a good guy trying to do what he thinks best but basically he is like going crazy because the princess almost dies and he basically revives her um, puts her in like this tank with a mask and it's water it almost reminds me of like Wolverine shit going on oop I've already started cussing. I'm sorry. It's fine. I, I can bleep it out. I that you have to fucking <laughs> bleep out my fucking cussing. Aw, uh, you're All a jerk. Right. Okay. Anyways. So, like, it, it went from Slain wanting to do what is right for his people to him just becoming corrupt and evil at the very, like, last half of this of this season. Is he and the guy in the... Just kinda... is, is he the guy in the first season, like... I only watched, like, a handful of episodes of the first season, but... Is he the guy that comes from space, essentially that kind of like starts the war with earth but he doesn't really do what the other space people do and he's like i gotta save the princess guys yeah he's only one he's only wanting to save the princess because the princess saved him he was basically at the lowest rank you could be of anybody in that um from space right like he was scum he was nothing he was a no one he was always going to be a peasant a servant and over time in the season he becomes the highest ranked and so much so that he surpasses everybody else and becomes in charge it's it's so fun but that corrupts him and he loses loses sight of what his goals in the beginning truly were it's the classic tale you know it's always written this way and yeah so this happens he's ready to just go on all-out assault against earth the princess wakes up she's revived she wakes up she doesn't like it so she's like totally against him which in his weird mind he would think oh she would see that i'm doing this for her and love me but of course she did not like that she loves earth and birds she loves birds jared okay she loves the birds and the clouds and the water get over it and so um you know who's like the the good guy uh, uh, of earth he almost died at the last season i believe it was the end of the last season is when he almost died so this season after being shot in the in the eye right in the skull basically (laughs) (laughs) yeah almost died but so somehow they in insert this like technology into his eye so now it's like a robot eye that you know programs into his brain so now he's like kind of cyborgish kind of not i trying to explain this the best i can he is now like this ultimate badass he was already really cool before with his mech and and how he would strategize and basically defeat the bad guys i'm just gonna keep calling them bad guys they're not bad guys jared okay they're good people they're just doing what they think's right so basically it all boils down to this those two have to square off because it's earth against space right and they finally do is this spoil this is spoilers right yeah spoilers are fair game 
Okay, spoilers of Hair Games. And it is like an epic battle. Like I watched it on my phone because right now if I watch if I watch anime on my phone, I can take a snapshot and then post it on my blog. So, I was like taking pictures left and right of, of of these two battling and everything. Oh my god, it was so epic. And of course, good guy always triumphs over evil. He defeats Slain, but 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 Slain kind of basically gave up towards the end, I feel like at least. Because he realized he's never gonna get the princess back, and that and that down to the core of him is what he wanted. He wanted to impress her, for her to love him, and so he gives up. He's falling, he's falling, he's falling in his mech. By the way, this is in fucking space, dude. Like they're in space now. This whole second season takes place in space. It's awesome. So he's gonna basically die, but of course, you know, saves him and puts him in a jail in like this prison thing. And it's like, well, I'm not going to let you kill yourself. You're not getting the easy way out. You're going to suffer for the rest of your life living with the, the, the bad stuff that you have done, right? So this is like the final episode. This is, this is how it kind of ends. And we're left with, you know, he survived. He's great. He's good. The princess basically bonds Earth and space. So everybody's going to get along. It's a really happy, cheery ending, except for one thing. One thing that really got to me was, like, Slane was in a little prison cell, but it was completely, like, glass-plated, so you could see everything, and he had nothing in there with him. Like, it made me think, like, this poor guy who got caught up in all the negative negativity and the bad things, like, you know, just kind of went south. He's in this, this prison because, like, if he wasn't watched 24-7, he'd probably kill himself. That's deep, man. That's deep. Sounds very deep. <laughs> That's fucking deep. It's Slain, man, and I love Slain. I really love Slain. He was a great guy. He just wanted what was best, but power corrupts people. So, do you uh, think? Oh, go ahead. Basically, it's just wrapped up in a happy ending. The good guys win. The bad guys get what they deserve, quote unquote. So, yeah, it was just a good, good anime overall. So, you think that's that's going to be it for the entire series? Like, unless like. Slain breaks out of prison. Here's season three. <laughs> yeah, and they and they could do that, but I feel like the way they wrote it off was, hey, Earth and space people, we're all gonna get together. We're gonna unite as one and share our powers, and 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 that's just how it felt. It felt like a good ending. There really wasn't anything that said, hey, this could happen. So stay tuned for season three. But I could be wrong. All right. Well. Tell me about Assassination Classroom, then. Okay. This one was... I don't know. They were all really good, but this is probably one of my favorites. I was I looked forward to this show every single week. I probably... If I wasn't looking forward to it, it's because I was watching it. And if I wasn't watching it, I was just thinking about it. It's so stupid. Like, I watched Assassination Classroom just because I was like... You know, the, the this, here's a description. The series follows... This classroom 3E, they're like the scum of, of the school. And they're put up they're put up in like this hilltop mountain area because they just suck at life, right? So they're they're separated, they're the outcasts, and it makes the high school students, you know, strive to be great. That way they don't end up like three E over there. So this class three E gets a homeroom teacher, a new homeroom teacher. And it's not just any ordinary homeroom teacher, Jared. No, 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 no. It is Koro-sensei. And who's that? Who's that, you might ask? An octopus-like creature that just blew up half of the moon and is now 
agreed with uh like the world's governments basically i'm assuming just japan but has agreed with them that he's going to teach this class 3e to be assassins and better students and in exchange if they can kill him by the end of the uh, of the school year he won't destroy earth but if they can't kill him he's going to destroy it well that's quite the conundrum so basically, <laughs> so basically this is this is like octopus-like creature teaching students some valuable valuable lessons they really do learn like really great things and morals and it's so cool but then there's always that like little 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 catch at the end where you can just tell like you know he's doing all these great things but in a few months he's going to destroy earth i don't know it's it's phenomenal did you watch any of this i watched like three quarters of the first episode (laughs) yeah and that's it why why didn't you continue watching i think in part because it's an hour-long show and i don't necessarily have the time to devote to an hour-long weekly show which is kind of hypocritical because i could watch two 30-minute shows back to back and be like yeah that's totally fine but right. one one hour show is like that's a little too much. I got to push back on that. Right. No, I feel you. So basically, where we're at, I believe there's only one episode left. It's not completely finished yet. I believe we have episode twelve, and that. Sh- I don't know. I guess that could be the the season ending. I'm not sure if it's it, not. Like, continues. It goes. It goes into the spring. Okay. Whew, thank goodness. Thank goodness, because I don't, I've never read the manga or anything, so I don't know what happens. Like, I'm going into this blind, and, um, so I'm really excited to see how it, how it uh, progresses from here. So, I'm, I'm going to cut you off here for a second, but the manga has 133 chapters, so that's going to make it, I, I go into this later on in the podcast, so spoiler alert, but it's going to make it interesting to see how much of the manga they fit into the anime. Right. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, goofy things, but well, not a lot of anime ad- adaptations end up pulling that off really well, right? Unless they just go full bore and just adapt everything. I mean, I guess they could do that, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't see them needing to. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to drag out this anime too long because then I think it loses its like value. Mm-hmm. The manga might be awesome. I haven't read it, but um, I just feel like for an anime, like I haven't got to the point where I'm like, okay, try to kill him, succeed, or just blow up the earth. I haven't got to that point, and I haven't gotten tired of it, but I can definitely see like if this continues for two or three seasons, like, come on, let's, unless they completely go off in a different path that I can't think of. So basically, like the last episode, we meet a character that could possibly be his brother, but it's a human, but the human has tentacle hair. Like, he can make his hair turn into tentacles. It's really weird. So we find out, like, basically, it, it, at least to me, Kora-sensei is not an octopus alien. He was something the government created. That's what I'm getting out of this. And so the government is also created, or not even government, but somebody created these guys. And so I'm just, I don't know. At the one of the first episodes, it might have been the first or second, we see sensei with a woman and like it looked like she was dying or whatever she died and i feel like maybe that was like somebody he loved and he was you know a test subject i don't know there's so many theories i have in my head 
But basically, we meet this guy that might be his brother, and they have a match inside of a square in 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 the classroom. Like they set up the desks in the square; it almost looks like a wrestling match. And the the uh, object is to get your opponent out of the square. If you get out of the square, you're automatically gonna die. So basically, that brother character just kicks his ass because nobody was expecting this kid to have tentacles for hair or hair for tentacles whatever i mean i wouldn't expect that from anyone right right i mean imagine <laughs> straightening that in the morning but towards the end of course sensei gets the advantage and throws him out of the square but doesn't kill him instead says come to my classroom there are many things you still need to learn in life and that infuriates this kid and uh, basically, to summarize it, we we get this new character who could be his brother. There's so much that we want to know, and so the students are like trying to find out why, how you guys connected, what's going on, blah 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 blah. And he says that if you want to find the answers, assassination is what they ne- must use to get the answers they seek. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, I we're... guess I don't. I don't know. Like. They have to kill him to find the answers. But he doesn't say you have to kill me. He just says that you must use assassination to get the answers that you see. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. But I don't know what's going on, and I can't wait I can't wait to find out next in the, the next episode. Well, you're just going to have to fill us in on the next episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup and tell us exactly how the second half of this season of Assassination Classroom ends up being. Hey, when's the next episode? Of what? This? (laughs) Uh, Four months from now. But uh, that's going to do it for you for now. We will come. We'll check back in with you in like literally a few seconds because we're going to do something else and then come back right back to you. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll be right back. And we're back. So that was a that was a lengthy two segments there. Actually, I have no idea if it was lengthy or not because I haven't recorded those segments yet. So they could have been quick. And you were just back here in like a minute. Probably not though. Up next. We have a an opinion from that dash geek dash bliss from Tumblr, who's going to tell us about Binan Koko Shikyo Bosai Love or Cute High Earth Defense Club Love. That loves like all in capitals, so you have to like kind of emphasize it. Cute High Earth Defense Club Love needs a season two. I think it's a great one to bring up. They call it a parody, but it honestly just seemed like a whole separate thing on its own. It taught lessons about love that seemed kind of cheesy, but are things that people need to know. Plus, it was funny. It made you feel things, and it was overall just colorful, bubbly, and fun. I don't know why people think it sucks. So you've probably seen that show around quite a bit. If you, like, frequent Tumblr or just, like, the internet in general. It is the the Magical Boys anime, which, you know, obviously it's a... a, In essence, it's a parody of the, the whole Magical Girls genre in general. But I didn't get to see any of it, but from... People I've seen that watched it, they they thought very highly of it, so if that's something that interests you, you should probably go check it out. Up next, we got a show that a lot of people have been talking about this season, Death Parade. And to tell you how many, how many people are talking about it, we have three different opinions on this very show. So first off, we're going to go with Haley. If you remember her from previous episodes of the Seasonal Anime Checkup, you can find her at shorty-cake.tumblr.com. Here's what she had to think about Death Parade. I watched the first episode of Death Parade on a lark last weekend because the opening sequence was fun. I ended up accidentally watching the entire thing in about a 12-hour span. Whoops! This is the best anime I've seen in quite a while. 
Phenomenal premise, excellent animation, and a unique story that manages to touch on the sub subtleties of the human existence in a really memorable way. That's a fancy way of saying I wept manfully several times. Death Parade's strength is in its storytelling. What kept me watching was the satisfaction of seeing the puzzle of these characters' lives gradually unfold. Death Parade is the perfect cocktail of humor, tragedy, and suspense. That's a really, really great way to describe that. Really great way, and it even ties into the show itself. Warning! You will be seeing along with the OP every single time. Especially since it sounds like a knockoff Fallout Boy song, so that probably doesn't help either. Here's what I had to say about Death Parade. Death Parade was immersive, mesmerizing, and a thrill ride from episode 1 to the final episode. Not many shows remind me directly of the themes of Persona 3, but this show certainly does it. Death Parade deals with how people handle their own mortality. Of course, some people handle it better than others. You also get to see how the Arbiters can change, especially Deckham. With the way the finale ends, it seems likely that there could be a second season, since there are a lot of loose ends left up in there. Hopefully we do end up getting one, and get to see more of this great series. And for a third opinion on this show, let's go back to Chris and see what he had to say about Death Parade. Alright, so we're back with Chris, and this time, we are talking about Death Parade, which, I mean, according to this podcast, is the most hotly talked about anime of the winter season. I mean, we had three different opinions on it, and you were the third different opinion. So, Chris, tell me what you thought of Death Parade. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a wild guess here and say you probably thought it was good. I loved it. It was like rich and full of just like making you think. I mean, when you just when you just like when you really pay attention to what's going on and the lessons they're teaching and the morals and like and like showing you how humans truly are and 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 like doing the flashbacks and showing how a human would react in a situation such as the situations they're put in, it just makes you think. And I overthink. That's like my biggest thing I hate about myself is I overthink and put myself in every position. So like this show was just a pure like. I'm trying to hold back from cursing. This show is just like a pure depression, but awesomeness all bundled in one. It really made me think, and I really enjoyed it. I loved the idea of of thinking, okay, to be judged as a human, do you have to be a human, or do you, or do you not want to experience anything such as life and death and being a human? Can you really judge them? Because you're pushing them to the brink of their like boiling point, their like the point of no return. Are they only acting on that because of that's how they truly are, or are they acting on that because that's like just a human instinct to to survive? And then that's the de that's the deciding factor of if they reincarnate or if they go into the void for all eternity, or kind of like heaven, hell, whatever you want to think of it as. Yeah. So it was just really cool to watch this and see how it like spanned out over what how many like 12 episodes or whatever it was yeah 12 oh, i think it was exciting it was so sad though one of the things i mentioned previously like right before we we came to you was that this show reminds me a lot of the themes that persona 3 has i mean you kind of get that especially when there's an episode titled memento mori which is like the key driving theme of persona 3 yep. but not a lot of the animes really remind me of the direct like just themes of that game like this show has right and, and it wasn't just like and it wasn't a typical anime that you usually watch i mean it was it had really deep meaning behind every single episode 
there wasn't one episode in my opinion that was just a joke episode it was all i mean there was humor and there there was con there was comedy but it i mean it was serious business every episode and it always left me thinking like huh or wow <laughs> or 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 the the one like like the last episode <laughs> it's just so good so, I, I think one of like I think one of the most like under underlying like high points of this entire show was was the music like just throughout like every episode like every piece of music that they chose for that show just fit every scene that they used it for perfectly and I think that's yeah. the thing that like not a lot of people have been talking about but that was like one of the things I was most blown away by when I was watching the show is like all of the music is just phenomenal I totally agree. Like when she was figure skating in the last last scene or last episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was perfect. Just even like the casual scenes of like in the bowling episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the music just like it wasn't just background noise. It was the show too. Mm-hmm. And and that's definitely something that that I didn't really pick up on um, right away. But I mean, looking back on it with you saying that, yeah, that's totally true. And I. I completely forgot to mention this in my my little bit there, which I f- I'm like, man, I can't believe I did that. But one of the one of the things I really like the most is that it kind of does the same thing that Cowboy Bebop does in that the bumpers or like the you know the go to break little mm-hmm. image is essentially like it's the episode title, and then like once it comes back, it's like an inverted color version of that, and that's something that Cowboy Bebop does like a lot during. Like each episode of that, so I was really reminded of that when I was watching the show. So I was like, "That's a great idea. I really like it when shows do that." <laughs> right, right. It's just one of those like little little things that nobody really that everybody takes for granted, but it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. I think this show is one of those that like you're you're not gonna get another one like it. I mean, it, it's it's like a show that stands on its own. I feel like mm-hmm. compared to most and. Going into it, I just thought it sounded kind of like, you know, kind of like a scary show or something. Maybe Right, little, right. You know what I mean? But I didn't expect to almost take, like, a philosophy class or a sociology class, and it, that's kind of what I got out of it. Like, it made me question myself, my morals, my ethics, and look at those around me and, you know, humans in general. And just, I don't know, it was really cool. Like, I didn't start watching it until, like, I think episode... 10 came out so i was like marathon through like the entire thing during my spring break and like as soon as i watched that first episode i was like i'm hooked this is good this yep. is really really good yep it's just so different and so every episode every, and that's another thing every episode is is so different even though it kind of is the same like it has the same premise of you're going to be judged but it it's just brings in all these characters all these aspects of like of life from an old lady to a younger person like the old lady one too was just so like it was heartwarming and tear jerking at the same time like mm-hmm. i love that episode a lot i was like man i really hope i reach her age and i'm just happy with death <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i who knows but um yeah Overall, I honestly, that's one of the few animes that I could almost give like a five out of five to. I just overall, I there's there's really not too much to complain about. I feel like the ending left off for more, of 
course. Yeah, I, was, I was just about to ask you, like, do you think with the way that thing ends that we'll be getting more of the show? I definitely do because of the uh, one guy that claims to be basically God or closest thing to God. I can't think of his name right now. The one that was always playing pool. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name either, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Guy with the flower for a beard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're going to get a second season just because I feel like his character really started picking up at the end, but it left off to where we need more. And I feel like the next season isn't going to be so much about the Arbiters or whatever uh, judging. It's going to be more on him, the main woman character. can't think of her name either. Are you talking about, like, the the manager-esque character? Yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. the manager, yep. I think she's going to be heavy involved. And we got a couple side characters, too, that, that uh, will play a key role. I, I think, at least. Yeah, because, like, the tension between those two characters, like, the manager and the dude who's, like, closest to God is, like, that 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 stuff is hugely unresolved, like, after, like, the entire show ends. So it's, like, you have to, like, it, it really feels like it's, like, there's still stuff there that they could go to and make an entire another season of this. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind if they just did a one-hour special that tied it all up because I don't want them to continue and then, like, go too far or drag it on too long. That's always my biggest, like, complaint about things. Like, even if I want more, don't give me more. Let me love this. You know what I mean? Um, but they have so many different directions they can go with this show, and that and that's another great thing about it. So hopefully we'll be seeing more. Not too much, but I would like some closure. Yeah, totally, totally. So that's, uh, that's going to do it for our... Very positive reviews of Death Parade. Chris, we're going to be coming back to you in a short while, and you're going to talk to us about two more shows. All right, and we are back. So we're going to move on from three opinions back to just one. And I'm going to tell you about the second season of Do Ra Ra Ra. The second season of Do Ra Ra brings us back to Ikibukuro. Gangs are fighting each other. Selty is out doing jobs. Shizu is breaking people's faces. And Izaya is still scheming. This season drives home changes that are happening within Ikebukuro. There are Russian assassins or hitmen who are out to capture a Yakuza boss's daughter, while Selty is also trying to do the same thing, but for the Yakuza boss. Shizuo finds himself in trouble with this gang as well, and the daughter is trying to kill him. The Russian hitmen also decide to take out Henri and Shizuo. The dollars are causing havoc, more so than usual. Things are certainly getting out of hand. If the mid-season finale is anything to go off of, things are going to get even crazier. Is Mikado becoming a villain by deciding to head up a renegade sub-gang in the Dollars? Will the Dollars start to split up with guys like Shizuo leaving? What's going to happen to Isaiah after being stabbed in the last few minutes? Yes, we'll find out in July when the second season returns. That's going to be kind of a bummer that we're going to take a season off in between after that very cliffhanger-ish mid-season finale for Dura But at least, you know, we're getting a full 25-episode run. But hopefully you can remember everything that happened in the first half of the season by the time summer season rolls around. Up next, let's talk about Kofuko Graffiti, or Gourmet Girl Graffiti. Kofuko Graffiti is basically food porn the anime. If you ever wanted to see well-drawn food in an anime, then this show is for you. Unfortunately, not much else happens in this show. The show revolves around a schoolgirl who gets sad because she cooks food by herself and it is not that great. Eventually, another character comes to live with her on weekends, and voila, the food tastes great. I ended up falling off the show after seven episodes just because it probably was the weakest show I watched this entire season. 
But hey, there's, there's, there's a lot of really well-drawn food in that show. I can tell you that much. Now let's head over back to Chris as he's going to tell us about Log Horizon 2 and Parasite. And we're back once again with Chris. Chris, you're going to talk to us about two more shows. Tell us about Log Horizon 2, which I want to say you did mention that, or you talked about it last episode. Yep. So how has the last half of the second season gone for you? Really great. It really centered around raids and boss battles towards the end and this idea that they're finally they're okay so basically when you die you kind of go into this purgatory state where you see your real self life and you kind of take memories and offer them to the i guess the server essentially so you lose your real life memories in exchange you revive because in a video game you revive and this is inside of a video game world so when they when shiro died he basically is on the moon right and so they sure think that okay i know i know <laughs> this is really weird so and they think from this theory that the moon is some type of transmitter between earth real earth and this world that they're in the server that they're in so their whole like the last uh little bit of the season is trying to get to this one thing that can communicate to the moon which they think then in turn might bring them closer to getting back home to the real world through there they meet a vampire character well, a subclass vampire character and um she is actually a when shiro in real life beta tested the game it was his first character he used in the game so she's not actually like like she was shiro who shiro is now but she is now hosted by somebody else from a different world that has came into the game too it's really confusing i'm like so <laughs> sounds like essentially it. <laughs> what i yeah so essentially like there's other life forms in the game now i don't know weird weird stuff weird stuff man weird so stuff. so would it be like but, almost like ai taking over those characters or like actual people taking over those characters that's what i'm trying to understand because i can because when they said that it's like other beings taking over the character, it made me think of an AI. Like an AI is not going to say, "Oh, I'm an AI. I'm a made-up, you know, computer." It's going <laughs> to think it's a real person or yeah. a real thing, an entity, because that's what it's programmed to think. So I'm wondering if that is what it is, but who knows? That part kind of threw me off. There's some things that I'm kind of confused on that maybe I missed or they just haven't explained. Right. But anyways, so like. The whole last couple episodes is them getting to this transmitter to use this communication device to reach what they think is going to be the moon. And it turns out they're not talking, communicating to the moon. They're communicating to a different server. And this is where they meet up with Konami, who is, like, always seen in the opening video package. She kind of has, like, wait, these metal-looking boxing gloves. Did you say that character's name is Konami? Konami. Oh, I think you meant like it was a video game company. Like, is Hideo Kojima oh, going to come okay. in as well? Is this going to turn into Metal Gear Solid? Because I was, yeah, I was getting really excited there for a second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a knockoff Metal Gear Solid with Kenny Omega. But anyways, <laughs> um, so this is where we meet with Konami, who she's she's in the Chinese server instead of the Japanese server. So we find out that this communication device doesn't actually reach the moon. It reaches them. We also find out this is where a guy named Krusty has been this whole entire season because he basically got lost inside this. I believe he was they were fighting some boss and from the game world, and it sucked him into like a 
I don't know, this little portal thing, which we now know is took him to the Chinese server. So now Shiro is given a task, or I guess in the game, he's given a quest from his longtime friend Konami, who we haven't seen ever except for in the video packages, like at the beginning and in the, the opening package, I guess, yeah. um, to find a way to transmit themselves between this Elder Tale game and the real world. And so that's kind of how the season ends. Like, hey, we're talking on different servers. Hey, we're kind of close to figuring out how to go home. So let's celebrate and let's do it. And Shiro, I'm giving you the task to to solve it. And he's like, oh, is this a quest? And then, oh, I'll solve the quest. Basically, I'm summarizing such a terrible summary. But <laughs> basically, we're left with everybody celebrating. It's like a bright journey. It's a new day for everyone. You know, they're so close to going home. And so that's where we're left at now. So third season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, without, without question, third season. I do like how this show, I always wondered how the characters were thinking of, like, were, like there's this one character, for example. He is a really bad ass, like, I don't want to say ninja, but what what would you call him? In a video game, if they're always attacking a brawler or whatever you want to call him. A fighter? Fighter, yeah, sure. He's always on the front lines. And he's really quick. He's really awesome. And we find out in the season, I believe it was this season, we find out he's actually in a wheelchair in real life. So I was always wondering, like, I wonder if he would like to go back to the real world or if he's just enjoying this too much. And they kind of touch basis with a lot of characters explaining if they want to go back or not. And so I like that they're they're coming to the conclusion that, hey, why do we have to go back and never come back? Let's find a way to go back and to come here. That way we can cross universes. And when Konami, Konami is talking to him about you know, trying to do this quest, she says, hey, I have a daughter now who's three years old or something like that, and I want to take her to this world. And so it's this weird theory of like, like hey, we can live in both worlds, and it's not just a virtual reality game anymore, or not just a game anymore, it's actually real life. I don't know. It's crazy. Cool stuff. Cool that's, stuff. It's, that's an interesting way of handling that, actually. Like, they could have gotten away with not really touching upon that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, this show, I think, it's probably hard to get into, but I was so obsessed with the idea of virtual reality at first, when I first started watching it, that I was hooked. And now I'm just kind of, like, involved with all the characters. And and probably coming off of, like, watching Sword Art Online probably helped as well. Exactly. It was yeah. my alternative to Sword Art Online when I wasn't watching Sword Art Online. It, it's a great show, though. I, I mean, I enjoy it. I still, to this day, love the fact that they had this hot-looking, pink-haired character that was so, like just teased the guys and was you know really promiscuous seem like seemed really promiscuous and so like everybody on tumblr and mess- message boards talking you know like fan art all the guys really like her and then it comes out to find out that he's she is actually a guy the old and bait and switch it, and yeah it's so awesome and he still does every single thing like the same he still calls himself the the idol and everything like that and the the world's idol or something like that <laughs> it's really cool <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite characters just because of how ridiculous it is and the fact that now we know it's a guy makes the stuff he says that much funnier and i'm pretty sure they haven't told the uh one guy that 
he likes that he's a he. Third season. So, Third know. season plot line. Yeah. Third season plot line. <laughs> I don't know. Fun stuff. All right. Well, tell me about Parasite. Hmm. This show was one of those that I watched as a joke by reading the headline. I was like, <laughs> this sounds so stupid. Basically, there's these parasites that I guess come down from space, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess that would be it. They come from space and they hatch, and when they hatch, they have to like attach to a human or an animal to be a host, to host that, you know, like they need a host to live. They can't just live off their own self on this planet. So they, ho- they they find a human host and they get into the brain and then they can control that human and kind of like slice, like they can open and expand the person's brain or head and that's how they feed on humans. And basically it centers around a high school student who one, one day wakes up to one of these creatures or parasites going into his body and he ties off his arm because it goes through his arm he ties off his arm with his iphone or like cell phone cord it's probably a flip phone honestly um yeah aren't they like don't they like really like razors or something like that they're like high high tech razors hey. like flip phones like a couple years ago that was still the case but i think more and more it's transitioning over to smartphones for the most part because you see this more and more in animes now than just regular old flip yeah. phones, which is it's a it's a darn shame. Right, those darn flip phones are so awesome. Anyways, so he ties off his arm, and that doesn't allow um, this parasite to go up to his brain. But instead, the parasite just goes into his hand. So now, instead of him hosting the brain or having the human as the host in the brain and controlling him, he can this parasite can only control his hand. And now the human doesn't have a hand anymore. It is actually a parasite, and the parasite like f- morphs into this or molds into this like little creature-looking thing that talks to him. And this dubs the name Migi because it's like the the I think it means right. So it's on his right hand, obviously. Call him Migi, and basically the whole show is just about these two and other parasites trying to take over the world and these two kind of trying to like Migi doesn't care he doesn't want to stop them because i mean why would he kill his own kind and the human character wants to you know stop them because oh i don't want humans to die and it's this weird morphing of the two coming together and looking at each other's lives and each other's species and trying to fit in together and i guess to summarize it all up there's this big kind of showdown or war between the the humans and the parasites. The parasites get kind of discovered by the military more so than like the public. And essentially, of course, humans win. And Migi, I guess Migi really plays an important role in it because this one character that's that's a parasite who has five parasites in this one body so it can like shift and like control different brains at different times i don't know really weird really weird he would have he would have succeeded in killing our main character had it not been for migi who got cut off of the main character and went into this other character 
And it was just a big, huge cluster f towards the end, man. Solution solved. Humans triumph over parasites. Basically, the parasites, instead of, like, being obliterated or, like, are gone forever, they come to terms with, well, if they want to live, sure, they might be, ho like, using a human as a host, but they need to find a way to survive. So they start using other alternatives instead of humans. They start eating, like, other type of meats. And they kind of just hide in the shadows and they don't really kill anymore and that's basically how it ends <laughs> Migi goes into a deep deep sleep but we don't understand this kind of sleep Jared because it's it, it, it's not we don't have the capability of understanding this type of sleep that he's going to go in like a coma basically it, to <laughs> us it would seem like a coma because his right hand will now be his right hand but he's going to shut off his thoughts but go into a different realm i don't know you just you just should watch it doesn't sound convoluted at all anything <laughs> no it, it was a really fun show i mean it had like it had themes in it of i don't know like philosophical and and sociological views and ideas on humans and our species and the way we look at the world as like the, this dominant force but really like and, and we look at ourselves as these great supreme beings but really we're just evil vile creatures that destroy other species and destroy the earth so why shouldn't we have like a, in essence a competition of something else that destroys us and I guess in, in doing so, it kind of makes us realize that we take everything for granted. And there's just so many different themes that you can play off of here. It was really fun. It was a fun show. It was a, and it's a live, uh, a live action show now, too. Weird. I think that came out last year or something like that. Yeah, huh. it looks really cool. Well, uh, if you want to hear more thoughts about what Chris has to say about the finale episode of Parasite, you can head on over to astarbselect.com and read up there. Cheap plug. Extended extended thoughts, yeah, cheap plug. Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back to Chris here in a little bit one more time. I'm so, sorry. yeah, be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the main show. All right, and we are back. So, we got a couple more shows left here in the winter 2015 run, and then we'll be moving on to another segment. But first off, let me tell you about Shigatsu Wakimi no Uso, or Your Lie in April. The second half of Shigatsu Wakimi no Uso is just sad. I'm sure most of you who ended up watching this had a good idea how the show was going to end up. This half deals with Kosei handling his feelings for Kaori while she slowly starts to be taken over by her illness. There are a lot of parallels that Kosei feels in regards of, the, of this that coincide with how he felt when his mom was sick and passed away. You also have Subaki dealing with her feelings for Kosei while knowing he how he feels for Kaori. There's also a bright spot when Kosei ends up becoming friends with his rivals, Takeshi and Emi. The finale and penultimate episode are just really heavy and sad. Though, I'm probably not the biggest fan of how the ending plays out, specifically with Kaori saying that she basically wanted Kosei to notice her for a long time. It feels too cliche and takes away from what could be a fantastic ending to a great show. You'll probably shed tears regardless of my gripes. It is still, you know, it's one of the best shows of the last two seasons. Now let's get to the show that I've been heralding for basically the last two seasons, Shirabako. I wrote a long column about this show last week, so if you've read that, you know my thoughts on this show. If not, then here's the short and sweet version. 
Shirobaku is the best show from the past two seasons, and also one of the most consistent shows I've seen in quite some time. The dynamic between all of the five main characters and everyone else is amazing, the individual stories for characters are great, and who would have thought a show about making anime would get you so emotionally invested? The penultimate episode also made me cry, which is super hard for shows to do to me. That's how much I was into this, that scene and this show. Shirobaku might be one of the best shows I've ever seen in anime, and should be a cultural touchstone and a must-watch for any fan of this genre. And if you want to read the column I wrote about Shirobako, it's up on the website. So just go to seasonalanimecheckup.com slash columns, and it should get you to where you need to go. And we have our final show for winter 2015. Let's talk about Tokyo Ghoul. And first off, we've got a couple opinions for it, but Haley's going to tell us about, I think she's only seen the first season, so she's going to give a little snippet of what she's done through or been through with the, the first season. Tokyo Ghoul is the television equivalent of an unsalted floppy french fry. <laughs> I will eat it, and I will sort of enjoy it, but I'll mostly just be stuffing it in my face because I'm bored. I've heard a lot of controversy about Tokyo Ghoul, especially the second season, which, from what I'm aware of, it doesn't necessarily follow the manga itself, and I think it's kind of its own thing, and that's really left fans, like, up in the air and upset about the entire thing. But for further opinions on Tokyo Ghoul, and probably more so about the second season, let's head back over to Chris. Alright, so we come back to Chris for the final time, and this is the final bit of Spring Anime 2015, so we are going to discuss Tokyo Ghoul, Square Root, A39, Bracket, 43 Pi, Semicolon, whatever the hell the second season name is <laughs> you're you're putting me as the go home like the last last person to talk or last bit well not necessarily i mean just you're the last bit Oof. to talk about in the in the in the spring anime section there's still we, we got movies to talk about we got backlog stuff to talk about and then there's the the spring anime i think i, I may have said this is the last bit of the spring anime if i did i'm, I'm stupid this is the last bit of winter anime we got the spring anime preview coming up in a bit but a lot of people have been very iffy about this second season of Tokyo Ghoul, so I would highly, I, w I would highly suggest that it's been highly controversial. Chris, how have you found the second season of Tokyo Ghoul to go? I would say the last half of the second season was just like, well, I guess it was the full season, wasn't it? I don't know. My seasons are kind of getting mixed up with all the anime I watch, but. This last, I guess the last season, Kaneki, like, just kind of turned into a boo-hoo baby. And it's at a time where he is probably one of the strongest goals there are in, in like, like, out of almost anybody. Like, he's just super ridiculously powerful. And I guess you could say it was kind of like when Spider-Man turned into Venom in the, what was it, Spider-Man 3? Yeah, the best Spider-Man movie where he was just kind of a freaking he could he's moping around and he like i don't know it was really to me it, it was aggravating and annoying and it didn't lose it didn't lose like i didn't lose interest in it per se but i was just kind of turned off by how he was this entire season like last ending of the season i will say the last episode though was really like emotional last two i believe two or three uh, a couple characters get killed off 
that I didn't want to die, but you knew they had to. Like, you knew those were the characters that were going to die from the beginning anyways, but they ended up dying. I cried <laughs> two or three times. I know, I know a lot of people have been upset about the show, I think specifically because it doesn't follow the manga at all, and I think it's kind of its own thing. So I think that yeah. a lot of people off. And well, isn't the manga like really, really successful and really popular? Could be. I don't. Like, I mean, I haven't researched sure that, but I read that it's like a pretty successful, pretty successful manga. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, and that's the thing. That's one of the reasons why I try not to read the manga of the anime that I'm going to or am watching. Because 99% of the time, I don't care what it is, a book, a manga, a comic, it doesn't matter. It's always better than the movie or the TV show. Always. And you get that I a lot with remember, it. Right. Yeah, I can't remember a time I've read anything that wasn't be better than, like, the movie or the book. Or, or, I mean, the movie or the anime or the TV show, you know? Yeah. I think I think I, I've had a few of those. But there's, like, it's it's a highly, it's an exception to the rule, essentially. And there was a couple Harry Potter movies I enjoyed more than the book, but overall, you're you're walking a thin line there with some people probably. I, <laughs> Speaking I know, taboo, probably, yeah, yeah, but I could have, uh, I'm probably gonna die now. So the ending, it was like, here's the theme that always just kicks me in the testes and takes my heart, rips it out. Somebody chews on it, spits it out. And then, like, shoves it down my throat again. But it doesn't go to where my heart's supposed to be. It just goes into my intestines and stuff or whatever, and I poop it out. Whatever. So, that's what happens. That, that was very uh, descriptive. The, well, it's the theme, man. <laughs> this theme of, like, the everything the way it used to be. So, we get, we get a dramatic scene where some character is looking on flashbacks of how things used to be. People happy things and people in your life certain themes going on events going on everybody's fine maybe you're taking it for granted at the time maybe you're enjoying the time but you're looking back on that time the way it was before and then you fast forward right back to the present and you realize oh my god that was my life that's what i should have been more focused on my family my friends all this instead of what's coming tomorrow and the stupid future like that was meaningless up until now where i have just wasted all my time in the past looking for forward to when i should have been in the present living so like that theme man kills me and so this show really touched on it at the end i mean severely touched on it so i was severely crying and like, like kaneki and his best friend like they're at the coffee shop that <laughs> they're at the coffee shop and we don't know it but his best friend's about to die and he says let's go home jared Let's go home. And so Kaneki takes his friend, who is a human, and kind of like cradles him up and walks over to the humans, sets him down, and then, yeah, about to break loose, man. <laughs> so do you think they'll they'll expand on like on the Tokyo Ghoul universe at least as far as the anime goes, or with the way the second season goes? And I don't know how much it differs from the manga or anything like that. Like, do you think? Do you go further with that or just like that's it oh yeah there's so much more you can do okay they left so many loose ends can't wait for tokyo ghoul square root sine cosine alpha sigma pi exactly um i just it was 
like it can be a dark I, I like dark animes i get that but this one towards the end of the season it wasn't just dark or trying to be too dark it was too his character was too woe is me and too like i don't know there was just something off-putting about this last season it's just like this is getting kind of annoying i don't, I don't know how to explain it um what are a lot of people saying about it i think the boat like the the general thoughts have been just that doesn't like coincide with the like the manga or anything so it, that's like everyone's kind of upset about at least that's what i've heard I, I, I guess i guess i can understand that it's just that's why like again i said i try not to read the manga i mean if i do if i read anything you really can't try to just like say okay it has to fit this anime or this anime has to fit the manga perfectly because that's as fun as it is it's also kind of boring like and it's also you're gonna see things coming so it's not gonna it's not gonna give you the same reaction that that the creators are wanting you to get you but know, it, but at the same time it. you get situations like the original full metal alchemist anime had where they basically were producing the anime so fast that they got ahead of the manga and they did some really dumb decisions with that show yeah so I'm sure you could you could you could walk a very fine line with that and actually like do things that could coincide with how like the manga actually plays out and be of the same quality, but at the same time you can also go on the other side and just throw out absolute garbage that makes no f-ing sense. Right, right, and and maybe that's what's going on with Tokyo Girl right now. Maybe it's just completely ridiculous and not fair to the diehard manga fans who were expecting an anime that was going to carry with them what the manga did. Yeah. Um, so I can totally understand why people are upset. Me personally, though, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. It was probably my first or second pick of this simulcast, like the season, up until like the last I don't know eight episodes. Now, the final three really picked back up, but other than that, like this just dropped way down on my list, which surprised me because Tokyo Gold was awesome for so long. I don't know. So hopefully they they have the next season. They really pick up the pace. Uh, hopefully there's more action, and hopefully Kaneki. Hopefully everybody isn't just boohoo babies. That's I'll leave it at that. Uh, while this I... should have been Tokyo Goal A Square B Boohoo Baby. <laughs> while I have you here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here for a second and talk to you about something you're not really prepared for. Uh, the birds and the bees. No, that's not it. You you mentioned to me a while back that you watched a couple of the Funimation dub simulcasts. Ugh. Tell me, tell me about, tell me about what your thoughts on that were. Horrible, 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 horrible. Okay, if anybody watches Assassination Classroom right now, that's listening to this, and you and you watch it subbed, I. Go watch it dubbed. Just go. If you don't watch Assassination Classroom, go watch like ten minutes of the I believe second episode subbed, and then watch it dubbed. And tell me which one sounds better. And I guarantee you, subbed will sound better than dubbed. Dubbed just seems like they threw in Joe Schmo and Joe Blow and said, "Here, read these parts. Here, you're this person and you're this person." Like the the casting must have been like the, the people that casted them must have been blindfolded and said, "Okay, um, 
Um, my instincts tell me the guy on the left is perfect for this part, and the guy on the right is perfect for this part. Wait, that part's a girl, so, okay, never mind. The guy on the far left, or wait, the girl on the far left. Sorry, my bad. You can play the girl part. Like, it just makes no sense. <sighs> I, I think you kind of have to cut him a bit of slack, though, because, I mean, with the, the way they're, like, they're churning these out, I mean, there's about a three- to four-week delay, I think, on when they gave out, like, dub simulcasts. And they're essentially getting the materials from Japan at about the same time that, like, we would get them aired here, like, on various streaming networks. So the amount of time you'd have to, like, cast people, like, get auditions yeah. and do all that, get get people out, get people in studio to read parts and everything, which is probably not the easiest thing to do, you know, granted. Oh, God, but no. it does seem, in a sense, that they don't necessarily have the the time they need to put out stuff that would be of high quality that you're used to from Funimation. But I mean, obviously we don't know like the inner workings of like how that's working or like stuff like that. So it it just might be that they're, they're rushing things a bit too much just to get these out there as soon as possible. I mean, it's, I don't want to like, I don't want to seem like a big, huge, I'm sorry. Like it's not that like Funimation is, is, is scum and their work is like terrible. It's just like, to me, the, and it could just be because I'm so used to the sub, and that's typically what it is. Dubs never sound right. But to me, it just sounds like, to me, the characters, the voices, like, they just don't match. They don't fit the traits, the quality. Like, that voice just doesn't fit, and it bothers me. Like, it's so annoying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you want the voice and that artwork on, on your screen to match up, and when it doesn't, it's it it ruins the show. I don't know. Well, we're certainly ending ending your section on a on a high point. Boy, howdy! Hey, I love Funimation, though. I'm subscribed <laughs> to them. I watch them. Like I, I'm on that site almost every single day. Rather, I'm watching something or looking at their quote unquote news. Like Funimation, you should be watching. Well, we're not sponsored by them, so can't say that. You should be watching. <laughs> well, uh, thank you once again, Chris, for hopping on to the seasonal anime checkup to give your thoughts and opinions on. Shows you watched and dubbing services. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, man. I love doing this. Um, like like I do every single episode, though. I'm gonna apologize for my rambling. I'm not the most most professional when it comes to throwing out my two cents on these animes. I just you know, say what comes to my mind, and and uh, I think quick and speak fast, man. That's my, that's my game plan, man. Hey, so, uh, it makes things a little bit different. Yeah, but the animes this this season, the simulcast have been awesome. So much fun. Uh, it's really helped. It's really helped me get through the days, like the miserable days I've been having, and it. I love it. Thank you, Funimation. Thank you, Crunchyroll. Thank you, all the people. Thank you, people that are listening to this. You're awesome. <laughs> well, if you want to hear more about more from Chris, I mean, I'm gonna plug his stuff at the end of the show, awesome. but. You can always go to astarbselect.com and check out his website where he talks about wrestling, video games, anime, or I don't know, whatever else is on his mind on that particular day. Exactly. I'm getting to the point now where I can, uh, like, I'm starting, it's only been a week, but I'm updating it weekly. Woo! Cheap so, plug. Uh, yep. <laughs> check back every week, man. Or well, women. Or people. Well, I guess we will probably see you in four months when the sixth episode comes out. So we'll talk. We'll talk about spring shows. If you watch any, I don't maybe, know. Maybe there'll be nothing maybe. out there you'll, you'll want to see. 
I think there's only one show so far that I that's getting ready to come out. I think tomorrow that I want to watch. I I can't think of the name of it, but there's one. <laughs> there there is a show that I when I read through the previews. A spoiler. We recorded these at different times, but <laughs> there was one that really reminds me of you, and I think we'll, we'll talk about it off 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 recording. But thanks once again, Chris, and let's head back to the show where we're going to talk about anime movies. Sayonara. All right, thank you, Chris. And that's the last time we will be hearing from him this episode. So thank you once again for coming on the show. For now, we're going to transition into movies. Which is a little weird because the movie we're going to be talking about came out in Japan over the summer last year, but wasn't necessarily released on Blu-ray and home video release until last month. So it's the first time we're actually getting to see it, especially you know American audiences who probably didn't get to venture over to Japan and watch it. So let's talk about Persona 3, the movie number two. And I'm actually going to turn around and look at the subtitle on my wall. That is Midsummer Night's Dream. The second Persona 3 movie kicks off when the game itself starts to really get good. Here, you get to meet the rest of your party characters in Igis and Ken, see Strega come to the full front, and the full moon battles in the Love Hotel, and that fortune reel. There are great comedy bits in the beach section of the movie, including Makoto crab walking, a cameo from Persona 4's Ms. Kashiwagi, and the falling or failings of Operation Babe Hunt. While there are some fun bits, there is also some soul-crushing moments, including the death of Shinji. More character development occurs as we see the cast deal with the happiness and sadness of life in general. The end credits tease features Ryoji, meaning that I could see the next movie going from Shinji's death up to the New Year's Eve event, so if you've played the game, you obviously know what exactly I'm talking about there. Overall, it's a certainly better film than the first Persona 3 movie, and is well worth your time if you're a fan of Persona. And let's head over to the backlog section now, where here's where people can talk about shows that aren't necessarily in season, but it just shows that, you know, you watched for the fun of it, or you just had stuff in your backlog and you need to catch up on. So Haley's going to talk about Kiriko no Basque, or Kiriko's Basketball, which that's a three-season se- three yeah, three anime, sports anime, that's currently airing their season three, but she's going to talk to us about the first season. Out of the holy trinity of sports anime, Kiriko is my least favorite thus far. Not enough man pain yet. Where are the tears? The impassioned speeches. Nobody's taking their shirts off? I'm looking forward to seeing where season two takes me. So maybe we'll get more opinions on that in a forthcoming episode. So now that we are done talking about people's opinions on shows, let's talk about spring season 2015, where there's going to be some new shows. Quite a bit of new shows, actually, because as I scroll down here and look at the winter leftovers, there's only four shows listed, which is kind of surprising. But there was a lot of crossover, I think, from fall to winter. So there you go. As always, I'm probably going to butcher a lot of the titles of this name, or a lot of the titles of these animes and names within them. So apologies up front as I do that. But here we go. Arslan Senkai from Leiden Films. The manga story, I guess this is a synopsis of the manga. In the prosperous kingdom of Pars lies the royal capital of Ekbatana, a city of splendor and wonder ruled by the undefeated and fearsome king Androgonus. Arslan is the young and curious prince of Pars, who, despite his best efforts, doesn't seem to have what it takes to be a proper king like his father. 
At the age of 14, Arslan goes to his first battle and loses everything as the blood-soaked mist of war gives way to scorching flames, bringing him to, fa him to face the demise of his once-glorious kingdom. However, however, it is Arslan's destiny to be a ruler, and despite the trials that face him, he must now embark on a journey to reclaim his fallen kingdom. Baby Steps 2, Season 2 of Baby Steps, super, super, super f***ing excited for this show. I've, if you want to hear my thoughts about Baby Steps, go back and listen to, I want to say, episode, or episode 2 and 3 of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. Baby Steps is tennis anime, and it's awesome. I really like it, but I think I'm kind of biased since I've played tennis before, so it kind of skews my liking towards this show, but the first season of Baby Steps was fantastic, and I really enjoyed it, so I'm very excited to see how the second season is going to go. Battle Spirits Burning Soul, and there's no description for it. <laughs> it's a kid's show, apparently, from the genre description, so yeah, there you go. Denpa Kiyoshi from A1 Pictures, an anime adaptation of the manga, which centers around Junichiro, a young man obsessed with manga, anime, and games. He was a young genius who published papers in the journals Nature and Science when he was only 17. However, after graduating college, he became a neat, absorbed in his anime blog. Uh-oh. Unable to watch Kagami throw his life away, his sister Suzune gets him, into, gets him to work at the Icho Academy she attends. The head of the school board, Kaomi Hirogi, attends Kagami to his new life as a teacher. Diamond No Ace second season is the second season of Ace of Diamond. I watched a few episodes of that, actually. Like, the first couple episodes, and I kind of just like, dropped off of it. And then that thing went on for, went on for like 50 episodes. So I was like, maybe I should have stuck with it. Digimon Adventure Try from Toei Animation. The Digimon Adventure 15th anniversary event announced that the characters of the first Digimon Adventure anime are returning next spring. The video shown at the end of the event described the main character, Taichi, as being 17 years old in high school with his Digimon partner, Agumon. The sequel series will tell a new story for all the Digidestined in the world. Now, again, the adventure evolves. I watched a hell of a lot of Digimon when I was younger. I mean, I was like the perfect age, age for it because I was basically when Pokemon and that was like exploding into America. So I'm really interested to see like how this new season or new series is going to go, especially since I've not watched Digimon in probably legitimately 15 years. So I'm like, I don't remember any of this stuff. Uh, anyways, Duel Masters VSR is the 11th Duel Master series from Ascension. That's it. Dungeon ni die o motorimiru no wa machigatiru doroka from JC Staff. The story takes place in the town of Labyrinth, Oreo, also called Dungeon. Bell Crenel is a newbie adventurer that admires having a faithful meeting with a person of the opposite gender. One day during an adventure, he is attacked by a minotaur. Close to destruction, he is saved by a top-class female adventurer, Eyes Warrenstein. He falls in love with her at first sight and begins actions to become an adventurer that is on her level. He later encounters Hestia, a god called a Lolita god, due to her stature who falls in love with him. Alright. <laughs> Aikoko Ike Nihon Otabro. Based on the books which follows Booth, his wife, Listen, and two kids, Ansker and Emil, on their 100-day trip to Japan as they try a wide variety of Japanese foods, Booth was inspired to make the truth by Shizuo Suji's book, Japanese Cooking, A Simple Art. Eitotama from Shirogumi. The manga story revolves around Niatan, the cat of Chinese astrology who wants to become a member of the Chinese zodiac. Niatan is simple, 
and suffers from memory loss, and she tries various foolish ways to become a member. She meets Takaro Tendo, a high school student who lives alone in Akihabara, and becomes a freeloader at his house. Little by little, she gets closer to her goal. Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works second season. The second season of Unlimited Blade Works, Route of Fate Stay Night. But I think that aired in fall? The original, like the first season it did? Maybe? Something like that. Gintama, a new TV anime of Gintama. Grisaya no Rakunin, the Grisaya no Rakunin visual novel continues the Grisaya no Meikyu visual novel's main route and concludes the trilogy. It also includes a prologue following the five heroines as they arrive at Mihama Academy. Gunslinger Stratos, the animation from A1 Pictures, AD 2115. The island nation, once called Japan, is now known as the 17th Far East Imperial City Management District. The citizens were promised a life of peace in exchange for some of the comfort they were used to having. People believe their lives would never change and tomorrow will be the same as today. No one suspected the impending doom which their society was about to face. Degradation, a rare disease which led to the total disintegration of the human body to a mere pile of sand, was slowly but surely spreading throughout the world. Toru Kazasumi, an ordinary student, becomes embroiled in a multi-universal battle between his world and the parallel world of Frontier S... I think it's an S. Stratos. This meant that Toru must fight himself from an alternate world. Their futures collide as their paths cross. Will both worlds ever find peace? Hello, Kinaro Mosaic. It's the second season of that. From Studio Gokumi. Hibike Eupho Euphonium. The anime begins when Kumiko Urume, a girl who is in the brass band club in junior high school, visits her high school's brass band club as a first year. Kumiko's classmates... Hazuke and Sapphire decide to join the club, but Kumiko sees her old classmate Rina there and hesitates. She remembers an incident she had with Rina at a brass band club contest in junior high school. This is from Kyoto Animation. So I'll probably end up watching it. High School DXD Born, the third season of High School DXD. Hokago no Pleiades. Subaru. Oh, man. <laughs> Subaru is a young girl who discovers that her best friend Aoi is part of a magical group trying to gather engine fragments so that a little being from Pleiades can return to his home. Subaru continues joining them as she was chosen by the Pleiadian president of this after-school club. Kaitu Joker 2 is the second season of that. Kekai Sensen from Bones. A breach between Earth and the Netherworlds has opened up over the city of New York, trapping New Yorkers and creatures from other dimensions in an impenetrable bubble. They've lived together for years in a world of crazy crime sci-fi sensibilities. Now, someone is threatening to sever the bubble, and a group of stylish superhumans is working to keep it from happening. It's always interesting to see how anime does, like, cities in America. So that'd be kind of interesting just to see how they do New York in that show. <laughs> Kokukao Kidetai Arise, Alternative Architecture, a TV anime version of Ghosts in the Shell Arise. The first eight episodes are an edited version of the four movies, while the last two are new content. Which I think you can watch that on, like, that's up on Netflix? The movies, at least? Or something Ghosts in the Shell related is up on Netflix. Kyokai no Rine from Brainspace. As a child, Sakura Mami Mamiya, or Mamiya, mysteriously disappeared in the woods behind her grandma's home. She returned whole and healthy, but since then she has had the power to see ghosts. Now a teenager, she would she just wishes the ghosts would leave her alone. At school, the desk next to Sakura's has been empty since the start of school year. Then, one day, her always absent classmate, Rina Rokodo, shows up and he's far more than what he seems. Lupin the Third, 2015, from Telecom Animation Film. The story of the new series will take place in Italy and San Marino. 
Maho Shoujo Lyrical Nanoha Vivid from A1 Pictures. The manga takes place four years after the JS incident in Magical Girl Lyrical Nanoha Strikers and stars Vivio Takamichi, a fourth-year elementary student at St. Hilde Academy of Magic. Vivio has learned to conjure her adult form and has received her own device named Sacred Heart from Nanoha and has promised Nanoha to never use either for mischief. Then, a mysterious magical fighter appears and targets Vivio. Mikagura Gakuen Kimikyoko from Dogakobo. The story of the original light novels and manga resolves around high school girl Iruna Ichinomiya, who enters the Mikagura Academy dreaming of a boarding school life filled with beauty. However, Iruna finds out that in their culture clubs, that there is a rule that battles that are fought within spe with special powers decided club representatives' treatment. Through various circumstances, Iruna becomes a representative of the club and is thrown into the fray. Nagato Yuki-chan no Shurishitsu from Sate Light. The spinoff of the Haruhai Suzumiya series takes place in the world of the disappearance arc of the original novels, focusing on the high school life and romance of a tentative bashful Yuki Nagato, quite unlike the one you've come to know and love through the usual exploits of the SOS Brigade, but no less charming. As a shy head of the literature club, Nagato has a hard time recruiting members. His close friend Ryoko Asakura supports her in this time. Drafting Kion, she eventually meets up with Haruhai Shizumiya, Suriya, Mikuru Asihana, and Itsuki Kozuma, and she has to and has to put up with their hijinks while trying to romance Kion. Asakura seems ambivalent about the latter prospect. Nisekoi from Shaft, season two of Nisekoi, with probably a bunch of head tilts. Ore Monogatari from Madhouse Studios. Takeo Gouda is a giant guy with a giant heart. Too bad the girls don't want him. They want his good-looking best friend, Sunakawa. Used to being on the sidelines, Takeo simply stands tall and accepts his fate. But one day, when he saves a girl named Yamato from a harasser on the train, his love life suddenly takes an incredible turn. Orari, nar Orari no Seraph. The story takes place in a world where an unknown virus has killed the entire human population except for children. <laughs> of course. Those children were ten or were then enslaved by vampires. <laughs> what? <laughs> the manga centers on Yuichiro Hyakua, a human who dreams of becoming strong enough to kill all vampires. Plastic Memories from Dokakobo. The story takes place in a future not too far away when androids that look exactly like humans begin to spread across the world. The android production company SA Corp produced Giftia a new kind of android that has the most amount of emotion and human-like qualities out of any other model you've ever seen. However, due to problems in technology, the androids have a service life, and once they pass that, they... well, it gets pretty bad. For this reason, SA Corp creates a terminal service in order to retrieve Gatia that have gone past their service life. A new employee at the terminal service named Subaka Mizugaki forms a team with the Gatia Isla to retrieve the other androids, but... And that's when the synopsis ends. Pre-Para 2 from Tatsunoku Productions. In Season 2 of Pre-Para, the story continues with Lala and her friends Mirei and Sophie, who are part of the Solome Smile Pre-Para Idol Unit, which is rising in popularity. In the Pre-Para Amusement Park, a new zone called Dream Theater is opened, and it's said that when a faithful five-man team filled with charm that performs there, a new event called the Pre-Para Dream Parade will be held. However... It is not known which five people make up that team, and the pre-power idols scramble give the greatest performance in the new zone. Punchline from Mappa. The series follows Yuta Iritatsu, whose spirit has been separated from his body. A lengthy description there.
Recon. An anime adaptation of the manga Recon has been announced. The manga centers around Hibaki Amane, or Hibeki Amamai, a girl who can see ghosts and other supernatural phenomena in her surroundings. The stories follow her daily life with both her friends and the otherworldly. Shokugeki no Suma from JC Staff. The anime adaptation of the Shokugeki no Suma manga that centers around Suma, who works with his dad at his family restaurant. His dad is a culinary master, and he often hosts co cooking battles with his father. His father then enrolls him in an elite culinary school that is very difficult to enter, and the graduation rate is about 10%. Show by Rock from Bones. Metropolis of Music, Midi City. A kitty girl wearing gothic Lolita clothing named Sion is scouted by Arasugawa, the president of a music agency from there. She meets Choo Choo, a pun off the sound that rabbits make. The honor student rabbit girl. A net geek dog named Ratori from Retriever. And an alien sheep, girl named Moa. Together they form the band Plasma Plasmagica and aim for the top of the world. However, the path there is long and tough, and keeping in high spirits is important. By battling against other strange bands, Plasmagica slowly gro grows toward a top-grade band. In the end, there'll be a band that becomes the driving force of Midi City's music industry? Maybe? Gonna be a music millionaire! Sidonia no Keshi, Daikyu Wakuse Sineki, Season 2 of Knights of Sidonia, Woo! F***ing excited for that because I did not know this was even coming out this season. Holy sh**. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's going to be f***ing awesome. If you haven't watched Knights of Sidonia yet, or Sidonia no Keshi, it should still, it might still be up on Netflix if you can find it, or it's probably somewhere else that you can legally stream it somewhere. Triage X from Zebek. Mochizuki General Hospital boasts some of the most well-trained and well-endowed nurses in town. Oh boy. But through these ladies spend but though these ladies spend much of their day battling disease, their after hours are spent fighting a very different sort of sickness. Under the leadership of the hospital chairman and handful of staff a handful of staff of uh, a handful of staff members and local teenagers form a group of mercenary assassins targeting the cancers of society and excising those individuals for their wickedness spreads. Uta no star, Prince Sama, music note, Maji Love Revolutions from A1 Pictures, the third season of Uda no Prince Sama. Yahari Ore no Seishon Love Comedy wa Machi Gatiro Zoku. It's the second season of that. <laughs> Didn't really want to say that name again. Yamada-kun to Naninu no Maju, or Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches. Ryu Yamada is a second year student at Suzaku High. Ryu is always late for school, naps in class, and gets abysmal grades. His life is a dead bore. The beautiful Uroa Shirahashi, on the other hand, is Suzuka, Suzaku's high's brightest student. One day, without explanation, their bodies are swapped. Ryu ends up in Uroa's body, and Uroa and Ryu's. So, I've read pretty much, like, I've been kept in current with this manga because it's on the Crunchyroll app, and they're about 150 plus chapters into that manga. So it's going to be real interesting to see how far they go with the anime. And this might just become another classic tale of anime adaptations of mangas that only go like 12 episodes and cover like 1% of the manga. And if you want to read more about what I think about anime adaptations of mangas that do that, there is a column up on the website that I discuss pretty much that in general. And here are your winter leftovers. Assassination Classroom, Kiriko no Basket 3, Pankis 2 Jigen, and Sokyo no Fafnir. And then there's also some TV shorts, like if you want to see a Sherlock Holmes vampire show, that's going to be there. There's a bunch of movies, like the Code Geass third movie. 
the 15th Dragon Ball Z movie, which features Frieza coming back, because, I don't know, let's make more, let's make new Dragon Ball Z films, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> hey, Battle of Gods is actually pretty fun. There is a Do Ra 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 Season 2 extra episode that's going to be airing in theaters. The Kyokai no Kanata movie, I'll Be Here, the second part of that movie, which is this is the one that features new content and actually takes place a year after the TV series, which... Ah, <sighs> f*** man. If you have not seen the new trailer for this movie, it does not paint a pretty picture for how this movie's gonna end up, because, man, it is pretty depressing. But I am super, super excited to see exactly what's gonna happen in that. There is a Love Live School Idol movie, which with the amount of hours I've put into School Idol Festival, I'm eventually gonna have to watch Love Live, and I? Uh, maybe that'll be part of the backlog for the summer 2015 edition of the seasonal anime checkup, which once summer hits, I'm going to like, just like tear through like all my backlogs. There's going to be like a 30 minute chunk of this, of the podcast. It's going to be just backlog stuff. There's another, and there's initial, initial D movie. Like they're still making initial D stuff. Uh, the third persona three movie falling down comes out tomorrow, legitimately tomorrow, well, April 4th, tomorrow by this recording. There is the second, Shingeki no Kyojin movie, which features the second half of the first season. And, you know, there's some other stuff as well. And then there's some OVAs and all that sort of stuff. So there's a Amagi Brilliant Park one, Angel Beats, the the other Fate series that was out, I think, during summer last year. Let's see. There's Shigatsu Wakimi no Uso OVA, which that's going to be weird to see where they exactly go with that. There's going to be a Shirabako OVA, which that's probably going to be the the pilot episode of Third Aerial Girls, which the coolest thing about Shirabako is the OVAs are the pilot episodes of the of the anime, excuse me, that they make within Shirabaku, which is a it's a brilliant touch, brilliant touch. And then there's a Yamada Kuda and the Seven Witches OVA as well. That'll be like apparently there's one already out and then going to be another one in like 40 days. So, yeah. And then let's, let's let's do a little look ahead to see if there's anything cool happening within the next in the next season, like in summer. Like I mean, like we said earlier, the second season or the second half of of season two of Dorara kicks back off in in summer, and then nothing else really that pops out that I can you know, or at least that I recognize. I should say there's a haiku. There's a haiku movie. Oh, it's just a retelling of the the anime. That doesn't <laughs> that does nothing. That show's going to be coming back, I think, in the fall? That sounds about right. Which, it makes it a little bit of a bummer that they couldn't bring that back in Baby Steps at the same time, because I really wanted to have a retelling of Sunday or Sports Sundays again. This is not... This is fall 2014, so that's, that's not going to help me at all. So I can't give you even a, a brief preview of fall 2015. But yeah... It's very much of a bummer that Sports Sundays is not going to be returning with Haikyuu and Baby Steps. But Baby Steps is back, I think, on Sunday, so... Sports Sundays are back! But it's just, you know, one sport. But anyways, that's your preview for Spring 2015. And that's going to do it for the fifth episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. I really hope you guys enjoyed what you heard this time. And... I don't know where else I was going with that. <laughs> but thank you once again for listening. If you made it this far... Remember to check out everyone else who contributed to the Seasonal Anime Checkup this time. 
Let's go over our contributors once again. There is That Geek Bliss, which you can find at that-geek-bliss.tumblr.com. You can find Haley at shorty-cake.tumblr.com. And you can find Chris at astarbeastselect.com, soundcloud.com slash markoutdarkout, astarbeastselect.tumblr.com. He, he literally just changed that like last night, so I had to be up on my toes for that. And you can find me at jaredclemens.tumblr.com, twitter.com slash ragbag, YouTube.com slash dragback3815, seasonalanimecheckup.com, and if you have thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, you want to write something for the website, you want to contribute to, I don't know, you want to say you have backlog stuff, you want to contribute to the next episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup, you can email me at jared at seasonalanimecheckup.com, and hopefully I'll get that, because sometimes email is really wonky about things. But yeah, just remember, check out the website, seasonalanimecheckup.com. I'll be updating it every now and then. The school semester has been has kept me extremely busy, so I haven't had a lot of time to, you know, write about write a bunch of stuff here and there. But I'll, I'll try and get something up at least, like, once or twice a month, at least until school ends. So basically after this month, it'll be, you know, smooth sailing, and I can do whatever the I want. But yeah, just check out the website, seasonalanimecheckup.com. You can find columns there about anime, video games that deal with anime. You can find the podcast, this podcast especially, or past episodes of the podcast. And that's an easy way to contact me as well because I think there is a contact us form on there and it, and the email button's on there and like all the other stuff you can find me at is on there as well. But once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the fifth episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. Next time... It's going to be very hot outside because it's going to be the start of summer 2015 and I'll probably be sweating a lot, which is a very disgusting visual to think about. But thank you once again for listening to the fifth episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup and I will see you in four months for episode six of your favorite quarterly podcast, The Seasonal Anime Checkup.